uh, welcome to the next episode of Filling It With Dante, um, a podcast called The Deep Two NBA Podcast, where with Dante away, we fill him in with random people around Melbourne and the world. Marco Holden Jeffrey, uh, also known as... Oh, I could do a Kevin O'Connor skit, a.k.a. Marco Holden Schooner, a.k.a. Marco's Finger Schooner, <laughs> a.k.a. Kid Named, Marco Holden Jeffrey, welcome to the oh, pod. Sean, thanks for having me, it's an honour. It's a Herculean, nay, Odyssean task filling it for Dante <laughs> while he's away, but uh, excited to give it a go n- nonetheless. Uh, was that a filling for Dante joke that only Dante would get? Yes. Because he, but I don't know if he's he listening. says he says Odyssean all the time. Does he? He loves his Greek mythology references. I've never heard just of said, right yeah, 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 yeah. I'm actually reading a Greek mythology-ish book at the moment. Really? Called Song for Achilles by Madeline something. Ah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah, it's one of those classic like they rewrite it. Yeah, yeah, rewrite like a story. A, like a modern yeah, 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 yeah. Modern, but it is still set back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Tunics yeah. abund. Wow. Yeah. You'd love to see it. Love to see it. Um, yeah, just just want to introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Marco. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm the funny uh, the funny half of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA tribute show. You might have met my more serious uh, <laughs> serious co-host <laughs> Lucas last week. Uh, That's what we call him, Lucas, last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, we have a laugh. Uh, you can find my work at thedeep2.com. Comp- uh, I can't believe it's that effing easy. Is that yeah? Is that that's what, what we say. say. Yeah. Uh, you can also. Where else can you find me? Hey, you can find me on Triple R one hundred two point seven FM. And if you live in Melbourne, on uh, the rare occasion, <laughs> uh, when I'm not when I'm not doing audio work, uh, I like you know sunsets, long walks on the beach. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hit me up. Just looking for some youngins to chill with. All right. <laughs> Now it's out of the way because this is going to be a big pod. Um, you've just luckily come on in the in the randomised schedule, but you've come on at around about the midway, the midway point of the season. And we, you know, you and I were talking last week, saying what are we going to talk about when we do this podcast? And fucking what better than mid-season awards? So, so easy, literally so easy. Um, a little bit meaty, but so much fun to write, and hopefully even funner to say. Um, you heard off air what I've been doing for the last hour and a half um which involves cars and towing and towing cars and slapping hands and slapping the duke with uh mechanics also known as panel beaters um but we've we've come here we've just well i've finished mine but i've had my virgin jaeger bomb <laughs> <laughs> which is just half already right, well down the hatch then <laughs> don't let the shot glass hit mm. you in the nose delicious um can of piss um and some mid-season awards to get into what more could a man ever drink oh. Um, oh fuck I had another joke written down I was going to say my car at the moment is like the Italian international striker Immobile ah, very ah, good ah, ah. <laughs> luckily I said it within the flow of the conversation um, but yeah awards we've added a couple of you know our, a couple of our own awards mm. at the end of the pod but we're going to run through all the major awards and which one would you like to start off with well Sean I mean there's no better place to start than the most valuable one itself uh, the most valuable player <laughs> of the first 41 games of the NBA season um I, I mean, I think also there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about here. We're probably going to be in agreement about mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh, yeah, who's your MVP for so far, Sean? So we're, with every award, we're going to give one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one is Nikola Jokic. Who's yours? Mine is also Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Do you, do you think he will get it? <sighs> I'm... 
Wow, what a tricky question to start the pod with. <laughs> well, I mean, I could I could ask with what's he done, and then let's just read out a bunch of numbers. But everyone everyone knows the argument here, and we know yeah. that the Denver Nuggets are a number one seed. Nikola Jokic has won two in a row. He's only gotten better, only gotten more efficient. With everything you know at, at full strength for the Denver Nuggets, they are just like dominating the West. Mm. But do you think he will? Before we talk about our own takes, I I think as it stands. If the season were to end today, I'd give it like a 50-50 chance. Like oh, yeah. 50 Jokic, 50 someone else. Because like, voter fatigue be damned. This is <laughs> this is just like so clearly the best player in the NBA. The player who's making his team the best. Still the most consistent player in the NBA as mm. well. Turning up every single night and just doing incredible stuff that we've never seen before. I think like there's been a bit of a, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit, but there's been a bit of a narrative for Luka Doncic, but like mm. the Dallas Mavericks are not very good mm. at the moment. Mm. They are sitting in that sort of, you know, middling pack in the West. Whereas, yeah, if Jokic can keep carrying this team at the top of um, at the top of the West until the end of the season, it'd be I think it'd be really really hard for people not to vote for him again. Yeah. That being said, there are so many MVP candidates <laughs> this season, and I think there's so many people who have votes who will look for any reason to vote for anyone else. Mm. Um, if Jokic did win it, he would be the fourth player to win three MVPs, um, going along with Larry Bird, Bill Russell, and Will Chamberlain. Um, yeah, it is. It is very close, but you know, at the end of the at the end of the season, if he's played 82 games, like it's you're going to get into some games played for some of these guys. Mm. Um, but if he's played 82 games and they've won 60 games and, you know, Jamal Murray doesn't look, you know, like he's averaging 50 points. Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr., you saw him today, like he was just missing a bunch of bunnies. Uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, maybe an all-star, but... Well, Aaron Gordon, he's like the... He's scoring their second most points per game and that mm-hmm. just doesn't... That doesn't scream to the pedigree of Murray and MG and MBJ, <laughs> does it? Like, he yeah, should, yeah. shouldn't be that high up the pecking order. But, I mean, I've, I've got here... The fact that Aaron Gordon is in the all-star conversation <laughs> is so much... <laughs> Like, as much Jokic is doing yeah. as it is um, Aaron's himself. Yeah. Um, so, we both have Luka Doncic as our number two. For me, the the reason I've put him at number two and not number one is that this is, like you said before, it's a very Russell Westbrooky. Mm. Like, he's very much like, okay, you're putting up some fucking incredible numbers. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll spoil it a little bit. I've got him high up in the Most Improved Player mm. Award because mm. he's just gotten better and better with every season. Um Next season, he might average 40 points. So it's just it's just unbelievable. But, you know, I didn't... When I was doing it with Dante, I didn't vote for um, Russell Westbrook mm. when during, during that MVP season. And for the same reason, I'm not going to vote for Luka Doncic because he might be the most valuable, but he also, like, isn't winning the most games. And, you know, there is this... There is the, the scales of valuable and also being actually able to win the games. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, I mean... I, I personally would say he's having a different season to Russell Westbrook, you know? Like, mm. I, I think there's the argument that the heliocentrism of that Westbrook team is part of the reason they weren't winning a lot of games, mm. whereas I don't think uh, what Lucas is doing is really causing the maps to be bad. It's that their roster is kind of mm. kind of average. Like, mm. Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie shouldn't be fluctuating between your second-best player mm. well, if you want to be, like, a contender in the West. Uh, but... The the sort of the narrative case for him is so strong as well, just because he's had <laughs> yeah. you know sixty point twenty rebound, yeah. uh, triple double. He's you know won so many games in the clutch. Uh, he looks absolutely exhausted and haggard every night out there. Mm. Uh, like he's just absolutely giving it all. When you compare him to Jokic, who like you know it'll get to the third quarter and it'll be like, ah, well, I'm not going to take any more shots. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. hit all five of them, so why would I bother? Mm. Uh, 
so yeah I mean I don't think that speaks to the to him being the MVP but like if you're if you're a casual basketball fan and you're watching Dallas Mavericks games you're thinking like that guy is yeah. absolutely dragging them through the mud yeah I, I think this is going to do more for his MVP case next year mm-hmm. because let's say they go out and have a big free agency and sign like you know Billy Bob and all of a sudden they're just like they're, they're in this they're in the position that the Denver Nuggets are in where they're a top four seed and they look like an actual force in the mm-hmm. West I think next year you and I are going to be sitting here going oh okay so like, should we vote for him for MVP? His stats aren't as big as they were before, mm-hmm. but then we'll say, oh, remember what he did last season? We averaged 34 points, 9 and 9, and, you know, just carried an absolute piss week teams like the seventh seed. Um, I think we're going to look back on this season and use this as a little bit of reason for, for voting for him next year, which is like, I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know what the actual vote's going to be, yeah. but it's like, it's, yeah, I think you and I just value winning a lot more. Yeah, and like, he is hoping that happens next season because at a certain point, it's going to become really sad to see Luka Doncic playing like this, mm-hmm. and you know, only being given, only being given the, the, uh, the, the side pieces for want of a better word there, uh, to be a five or a six seed in the mm-hmm. West. Like that's mm-hmm. sort of, it feels like you're squandering, squandering something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, finally, first disagreement: Who have we got third place? <laughs> I've gone with Steph Curry, and who have you got? I've gone with Jason Tatum. Why would you have Steph fourth, and it's just a matter of picking and choosing, or what? <laughs> I think I think my fourth I think my fourth place would be a dead heat between a lot of players. Yeah, I think like Giannis has a good case. I think Embiid will start to have a good case as the season goes on. Mm. Uh, Kevin Durant certainly has a great case as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, or I mean, like KD and Giannis are both injured at the moment, and Embiid's just coming off a big injury, and mm. also Philly doesn't look that good. But uh, for me, yeah, Tatum, I think he's maybe behind Jokic, he's been the second most consistent player in the league. He's currently fourth in total minutes played, mm. uh, behind some players like Mikhail Bridges, who have been forced to, you know, play 36 yeah. a night on yeah, an absolutely yeah. like, depleted roster. Uh, 31, 8, 4. He's had the 40 point games, he's had the 50 point games. Uh, he, he also doesn't look like he's completely straining himself to win games, you know? Mm. Like, he does look like there's... This season, you can tell he's being like, all right, I disappointed in the playoffs. Like, is there that another level that yeah. I can unlock? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll finish the season this high up my ballot either because yeah. I think there's a lot of players, such as your Stephen Curry, <laughs> who are coming back from injury and who are going to have really good, like, second halves of the season, particularly if he's coasting on a one seed and Steph's trying to get the Golden State mm. Warriors into a, yeah. you know, yeah, into yeah. a playoff position. Yeah. But I think at the moment, as it stands after 41 games, like, I think you've got to recognize Tatum. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I completely understand that. Again, I've just gone with Steph for, for Homer reasons as well. <laughs> um, talk about the games played. He's played 68% of the season. Mm. So it's like, oh, he missed a month after that shoulder injury. But it's like, it's still almost 70% of the yeah. season. Like, where are we... You know, if he played 50%, then yeah, I probably wouldn't be voting for him. Um, but then I've also sort of gone back on my word a little bit and said, like, well, we do value winning. I've got Steph here as opposed yeah. to Jason Tatum. It's like, Jason Tatum, best player on the best team. Um, eh, there's also a little bit of, and the, I don't know if anyone else thinks of this, but I also, like I said, with the Lucas stuff, factoring in the season mm. prior, Steph Curry wasn't really in the MVP discussion last year, but after that playoff run and after the, you know, the night-night playoff run and that, those finals <laughs> where he had 43, 43 points in game yeah, five. Yeah, but didn't he win an award for that already, Sean? <laughs> With the Larry Bird. The, no, 
finals the, MVP. The Michael Jordan. The, the Michael Jordan no, Award. The, the Bill Russell. The Bill Russell. Is it? <laughs> yeah, actually, it was the only one that actually had a name before this. Before oh, true, this true, true. <laughs> it's always been the Bill Russell. But, uh, like, he's only continued playing that well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if we're if we're in the play-in games, yeah. um, I honestly wouldn't give him a vote because um, winning matters. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was looking at before the pod. I forgot to write it down, but your record with Steph... You're two games above 500. Your record without Steph, you're two games under 500. Yeah. So it's like, it's not it's not this outsized impact. So what you're yet. saying is it's Moses Moody's fault. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Cool. Exactly right. Glad we got to the bottom of that and it's absolutely nobody else's fault. Um, do you want to add any more or move on? No, that, sa- that sounds good. Uh, I I mean, I've said this on the JVG NBA tribute show. You can go check that out wherever you get your podcast, by the way. Uh, but I think there are just so many legit MVP candidates this season, you know, like... There's, hmm. it, it could, it could end up completely different in the next four. We, we didn't even mention Giannis, and yeah. he, he's out of our minds at the moment because he's injured and had a couple of single point scoring games. Yeah. But and then like one step behind, under that you have you know players like Donovan Mitchell who like just is not going to be in anyone's top three, but mm. is mm. nevertheless average, averaging a very very like efficient twenty eight. Mm. Uh, mm on you know and just com- impacting his team in a huge way yeah but, and if if the Grizzlies finish with the one seed yeah. it's like what about John Morant and for sure I fucking interesting I of <laughs> <laughs> um I was yeah I was watching that game today Cavs Grizz and mm. you know how the ringer did NBA ranked and they ranked all mm. 100 players and they're sort of changing it with like how it goes um they had Zion as the 10th best player mm. and Jar as the 11th and I was just like, that's just interesting. Like, you know, you look at Jaron, it's like, oh, can he lead this team to a title? And it's like, fuck, he's the 10th best player. <laughs> I just, that, that seems really low. That's, yeah. I don't know. And then like Donovan Mitchell, what's he, like 15? Mm. Like Kawhi Leonard was like 23rd. It's like, fuck, all these dudes who are like, I don't know. It's uh, It just stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Gri- the Grizz are weird because I wouldn't put, I don't think I would put anyone else on that ros- roster in the top 30. But mm. like, you know. Oh, I would. You would, you'd put Triple, you'd put J. Triple J in yeah, there? yeah. yeah. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. In a minute. We'll talk. Talk about um, it. In a minute. You know, potentially the Desmond Bain might the be higher up the ringers list than Triple J at the moment. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. You know, hazard a guess, but <laughs> let's let's not check that. Um, we will talk about Jaron Jackson in a minute, but uh, let's let's talk about the rookie of the year. Um, it's it's no. just it's these first two awards are quite cut. And dry. I know, we've re- and also I think. I think we, we've been having the same thoughts about them. <laughs> just what's, what's on the page it's in like, front of me. Yeah, tune, tune in for fucking group things. <laughs> but first place, um, Paolo Banquero. I'm happy if you just want to talk about him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say here. He's just so clearly, you know, playing the best basketball out of anyone <laughs> in that rookie class. Like, yeah. uh, he's got, you know, he's got the best averages. He's not efficient, but he's playing on like, you know, a the third team. worst team yeah. in the league. So that doesn't matter. Mm. He looks like the leader of his team. You can see how he's going to fit, you know, when this team is good or if he's on another team and they're good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he, he just looks like a an NBA grown, player. A grown NBA player. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So second and third. I've gone with Walker Kessler and Ben Matherin, and you've gone Ben Matherin then Walker Kessler. Mm. Is this is this a, like a big? Did this take a lot of thought, no. or is this the rookie of the year, second or third place, and it doesn't matter? Yeah, I mean, splitting hairs here. Like uh, Matherin just looks like such a contributor. I think 
The only reason I have him second is because I feel like he's contributing the second most behind Paolo. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, this Indiana team, I, I think they're really punching above their weight considering mm. how much growth and movement they have to do. Mm. And if you're, like, you know, if you're averaging, what is he, 15, 16 points, uh, coming off the bench, looking like a fully developed six-man in your first season, mm. then... Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, he's shooting the ball the ball poorly, and in yeah. December, I've got him on my fantasy team. In December, <laughs> it was like some fucking mm. some ten percenters from the floor and stuff, and I was like, oh no. And then friend of the program Jackson said, "Are you going to drop him?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm holding on to him." Yeah. He's like, at the end of the year, when they're out of the playing race, he might start and play thirty six minutes. No, he, I mean, he started. He started today. Yeah, it's know? weird that he's not starting though. Mm. Um, and Andrew Nempart is that's <laughs> fuck off. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's just, like, you can see what he is as an NBA player. I completely understand, like, why you would have him there. He's, like, you could say he's the second most exciting rookie. Mm. Um, I'll go with Walker Kessler, or as we call him, the white Rudy Gobert. Um, <laughs> or the, who's the... He's the inverse of uh, Croissant Kessler. Yeah. Croissant Kessler. Um, I just go with him because he, like, he might actually be, like, you know, poor man's Jakob right now. He might actually just be like an NBA player. If you put him on any contender, mm. he might be coming off the bench and sometimes finishing games and bringing like an Avicii Zubac level, which is like, what are what are we voting for in the rookie of the year? Are we voting for who's got the most potential, who had the most 30-point games, or just like who's the most NBA-ready mm. prospect? Paolo wins all those things. <laughs> but yeah, I've gone with Walker Kessler second just because he, he's an actual contributor. Yeah, it's incredible how much he's contributing and how... You can you can just see the blueprint all there. You can see how all of his skills are going to develop into mm. like one of those very dominant defensive centers. Two blocks a game on nineteen minutes is just so silly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think uh, I might I might even talk about this later in the pod. It's just also so good that they found a role for him in a team where they have like two other seven footers. You know, Vando who plays kind of like mm. a slightly undersized uh, center role as yeah. well. Uh, and yet they're still finding 19 minutes a game not just 19 you know spot minutes like go out there have fun yeah, yeah. but uh, 19 minutes where he's actually impacting the game he's actually mm, like a very mm. important part of their their setup yeah and like they're losing recently Utah but mm. you know he's, they're still like a winning team like oh they're, yeah they've, 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 they've definitely impressed God, they've got so much goodwill in my mind <laughs> from that beginning of the season because they've actually been not very good nah, no no they've been like yeah the opposite yeah. Um, I I wanted to be a little bit of a twat and, and try and put in Jaden Ivey here um, over, over Ben Matherin but it's just I, I literally compared him I did the yeah. basketball reference compare just every single thing Benedict Matherin does is just a little bit better than yeah. Jaden Ivey is doing it it's like there's there's nothing here um, I, may, I mean maybe Ivey's also having to carry maybe an outsized role yeah, on, on the Pistons bad team. because like you know no Cade and they were already one of the worst teams in the league with Cade so, so. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's a hard gig yeah um, really good Instagram handle <laughs> Poison Ivy damn that's spelled with the EY wow obviously he would <laughs> And Poison Ivy with Noah is probably taken. I wonder what he wears for Halloween. <laughs> um, I know what Bradley Beal does. Uh, I'm oh. the Joker. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Ivy and Matherin I've written down here are card-carrying members of the What Number Does It Start With Club. Yeah, and let's hope it's... Uh, Pour one out for, <laughs> for Dante. Let's hope it's... Uh, um Let's hope it's a one-year membership. Yeah, oh, it won't be. <laughs> it fucking saying. won't. You already know the answer to that. Well, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Pour out another one. Um, one thing to mention again, Walker Kessler played against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Was Rudy Gobert in that game? He got injured 
five uh, minutes in, which um, says it all, really. Duck and Walker. <laughs> but what did Walker have? 20, 21, and yeah, three or some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. well, that's good timing to do that right before our awards <laughs> votes. Uh, any further comments? No, that all sounds good to me, Sean. Right, crack the knuckles. Um, Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Who's your Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, I got Brooke Lopez. Mm. And I mean... Let's just be clear. We're talking about the first 41 games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, let's just be clear. I'm talking about 63% of the first 41 games of the year when it comes to Jaron Jackson. Let's let's mention, um, just so it's easier for the people who are mm. putting this in their air holes, ear holes, fuck. Um, I've got Jaron Jackson, you've got Brooke Lopez, and then I've got Brooke Lopez, Nick Claxton, you've got Nick Claxton, Jaron Jackson. Mm. So it's these three. I don't think there are really many others in the discussion. Giannis was, but he wasn't. I wrote down OG Ananobi at one point, but yeah. that was like a. I, I, I love having a perimeter player in the defensive <laughs> yeah. player of the year conversation. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've worn out the Drew Holiday horn. Um, <laughs> in yeah. Years, so. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think. Yeah, let's let's talk about Nick Claxton at the end. The big debate here is Jaron Jackson or Brooke Lopez, mm. and why have you gone with Brooke over Triple J? I mean, I I just think he's been like the most consistent player on the Bucks. Uh, full stop. Um, he's been the linch. I think he's really been the linchpin pin of their defense since you know five, last, five years ago. Yeah, yeah, five years, which is incredible considering Giannis won it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. This season, he just looks better than he's looked in the past mm. five seasons. Like, he's just... Like, nobody is touching the paint at all when they're playing the Barks. Mm. And obviously, yeah, when we know we know how it works. We know how the roaming combination of, you know, yeah. Giannis and Brooke works. But this year, it's just like complete, complete rim denial mm. uh, from Brooke Lopez. He, like... Sometimes he looks like more athletic than he has like. Yeah, in the last I, I was few just years. gonna say that. And it's like, like he's jumping, to, he's jumping higher. Weren't you? Weren't you injured for fifty games last season? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you look bad in the playoffs? And it was a year? back injury, which is scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. Especially for a, what is he 30, 34? Like. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say what is he seven foot seven? <laughs> yeah, mid mid thirties. Seven for Clovers. Maybe that's what's. Maybe that's what's. Uh, uh, skewing my <laughs> skewing my picks here. Um, yeah, so I think the fact that he looks better. And the Bucks are now back in the the league's best D, which they mm-hmm. weren't last season. They sort of, you know, obviously without him, they fell off. But the fact that they like fell down into you know the mid teens and now they're back up to mm. I think they're third at the moment in defensive rating. Um, <laughs> I think just the impact he's having on a team that already is just full of good defenders has a good defensive scheme. The fact. This is his best season. It just deserves some. It deserves some recognition. Yeah. Even if it's just through the first forty-one games of the season, <laughs> it's a it's a good case. And I, you know, I like the career achievement award where it's mm. like, you know, you you've helped Giannis win this award. You should also deserve a little bit of praise. Mm. Like, was he in the top three when Giannis won it? And, or God, I don't think so. But or, yeah, he's he's been in the conversation. But yeah. I say Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and I'll first debunk the games played because he's played 27, 28 today, but these are stats before today. That's 63% of the season. Mm-hmm. Where where do we draw the cutoff line? 50% where you say, okay, you're not, yeah. you're not actually... Like, no one's saying Anthony Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, since the 15th of November, when Jaron Jackson Jr. came back from his injury, the Grizz have, have had a 107.4 defensive rating. In the past three years, that's only been, um, that's only been achieved twice by last year's Celtics and the year prior's Utah Jazz. 
Um, that's obviously the number one defense mm-hmm. by this uh, this season. The second best teams that had the DPOY on them both seasons. True. Yeah. Fuck you. You should come over to this side of the fucking table. <laughs> you, you're helping me out here. Yeah, just you say your piece, Sean. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is just it's it, he's putting it all together. Yes, he still fails. And today against the Cavs, here. <laughs> He was on the bench with six minutes to go in a close game because he had five yeah. fouls. But four five, you know, while he is in foul trouble, in 27 games, he's had 89 blocks. Um, I don't like the nickname, the Block Panther. Um, <laughs> but just going going even, even further past that, uh, when he's on the court, the Grizz are keeping opponents to negative 8.1 points per 100 possessions coming from cleaning the glass. Um, that is behind only Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, and Christian Coloco. How my about guy. that? Your guy. guy. Did you buy his rookie card Never yet? Did. <laughs> well, it's his, probably, his it's, stock's been falling, actually. Yeah, so, so you should probably actually yeah. buy it. Just ask me, who's been buying <laughs> Pat Williams' stock for years. I'm drowning. Um, but when it comes to just defending the rim, not just the court, he is holding opponents to negative 10.9, well, you know, minus 10.9% uh, at the rim when he's on the court, which is like, you know, just over one in every 10 shots that's attempted at the rim. Mm. He's mm. just making them turn around. That's pretty fucking good. Um, and I also just like, you know, a little bit of a storyline pick here. It's like Brook Lopez. Obviously, you've got the stuff with him and Giannis being like the the two man mm. terror on defense. And Brook Lopez is a very ground bound big, and that whole entire defense just funnels it into him and just says, "All right, Brook, deal with it." And that's so cool. He's a DPOY candidate for mm. a reason. Jaron Jackson Jr., I just love the theory of him where he starts off next to Steven Adams. He starts at the four and he's quick enough to hang with any um, any guards that he gets switched onto. He's quick enough to hang with the fours that might be more mobile. But then at the end of the game, like the theory is, okay, if Steven Adams can't play, you can just run Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. at the five. You can switch, you can sag, you can do whatever you want. Um, and I would just much rather just award you know that to the young up-and-coming defensive player of the year who could be doing this for the next like seven years as opposed to Brook Lopez which might be a bit cruel um, <laughs> who's just doing it uh, at age 34 um, and on that um, Nick Claxton they're very much playing a drop coverage there mm. and it's like switch in case of emergency where it's like mm. they will do whatever they can even if it is give up a wide open three point just to be like Nick Claxton we just need you to jump under that circle thing that's got the net hanging from it um, but yeah just Jaron Jackson's junior the if he has a very similar or exact same case as Brook Lopez, like the the um, the Bucks might be the third best defense in that whole phase since November fifteenth, uh, the Grizz are the number one defense. But you've just got that case. Um, I would just much rather go with Jaron Jackson Jr. for the versatility of it. And maybe I have maybe I have been a bit cruel putting him below Nick Claxton uh, in, in, in retrospect. Um, uh, you've made an excellent case, Sean. I would say you also what, helped with this. <laughs> and what was it? Per, per our good friends at Basketball Forever, forty-nine blocks in fourteen games. Yeah, he's doing he's doing that thing that you love when defenders do, where they just stack, you know, mm. steals and blocks. Mm. Where it's not like it's not like I feel like Brooke Lopez. He's a two or three a game, you know, mm. and that's great. But Jaron Jackson's no. I'm going to have six. I'm going to yeah, have seven. Yeah. I'm going to have eight. But but usually sometimes when you see those guys that might be hunting blocks like yeah, Hassan yeah. Whiteside, always he's not a Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Like he's he's got Brooke Lopez, but it's like yeah. he is also doing that cool thing where the ball goes into the stands. Yeah, and then maybe maybe even a bit of that Giannis going on where he is going to just be like following the ball, following the action, like mm. everywhere for the Grizz. Um, you know, because they know that they at least have big body Stephen Adams there in the paint to, to you know, for a little bit of deterrence. Yeah. The only thing I'd say is I'm 
almost certain, unless he gets injured, Triple J will actually win this award. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll give we'll give the half we'll give the halftime award to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So yeah, so, I think he has just purely on consistency. He's had the better first half yeah. of the season. Yeah. So just being nice to him. Mm. So that's. But I mean, that's sad because I like. You know, we're being like, oh, that's great. You're finally going to get this Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. He finished 10th the, uh, the year that Giannis won it, by the oh, way. Wow. Yeah, so... <laughs> i tell you what I would love to see. Um, and, and one thing the AFL does great here is they'll they'll have, like, career Brownlow votes. Oh, you're filling in for Dante perfectly, Sean. Is that what you said? <laughs> oh, no, AFL's AFL. <laughs> um, I, I fucking hate footy, but I watch Brownlow every single year. Yeah. It's so much fun. But you've just got... It'll be like, oh, Adam Cooney's on the screen. Oh, not many career Brownlow votes. Mm. And it's like, oh, Gary Ablett. Is he leading leading the league in fucking career career Brownlow mm. votes or or Simon Black or whoever it is? Um, just an absolute Brownlow darling there. <laughs> but I'd love to see where it's just like career career DPOY votes, where it's like, oh, Brooke Lopez is like third all time mm. in career DPOY votes, but he's never won one and stuff like that. That would be good. That yeah. would be good. I I mean I doubt. Brooke would be up that high considering yeah, how his career yeah. turned around. But, you know, maybe someone like, uh, yeah, someone like Drew Holiday might might yeah. just have, like, the most votes for a guy yeah, he over must be his getting entire career, yeah. even though he's, you know, rarely finishes top five or yeah. anything like that. But yeah. I think the only pin in that is that I could be wrong here. I think they might, like, change the voting system. So it's like, uh, you know, one year you might get 300 votes, the next year you get, like, 100, and that's right. still a win. I think they might have changed right, that. Right, right. Well, so it's hard to track. Why don't I... Why don't we go do some off, off-mic research about this later on? Or you just if not. You, if, you got, if you got some free time, Sean. Um, no, I know you're a busy I'm man. I'm cooking a beautiful porterhouse. Oh, course, really? Right? And editing It's the in pot. the fridge? Yeah. Fucking Where do you keep your steaks? <laughs> at the store <laughs> oh, oh no bro after the pod again first pod we're doing we're doing together one on one after the pod is very much like drink beer edit and then maybe watch a movie yeah but that's a lot of exertion yeah yeah I do the um, I mean this is a very special treat for you listeners you get the two editors uh, in an episode together <laughs> you I'll have the uh, I'll have the video rendering I'll just play 2K while it does it, mm. you know, because I feel like, well, number one, uh, I won't bore you with the extreme details, but my laptop is just absolutely cooked. <laughs> I, I replaced the battery. I got a battery uh, off Amazon because the battery wasn't charging anymore. Replaced it was like, God, I feel like a bloody smarty pants. Yeah. Let it run down to 2% as you do uh, to extend the life of it. Yeah. Plug it in not charging so, <laughs> so doing anything doing anything that requires rendering audio or video takes bloody hours do you just use that or no I just use this yeah. you don't have a desktop or something I've got a desktop but it's not good same thing it's got like a hard it's got a uh, you know it doesn't have an SSD in it I've been meaning to put an SSD in it for about three months so yeah basket case really when's your birthday <laughs> September I'll get an SSD before then, mate. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Don't worry. Um, Move on to the next award. Six Man of the Year. This is this is better than uh, than previous years because mm. it's always been like you know you've got people that are like Jordan Clarkson, Lou Williams, mm. and I'm like, oh, but what about Thaddeus Young? <laughs> and then I do that because I'm a prick, but. Uh, <laughs> But it is like somewhat warranted. I'm just fucking sick of the scorers, the microwave yeah. scorers off the bench. It's just stupid. Mm. Is your um, favorite player Jordan Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Efficient scorers. Yeah, off there. yeah right. um, 
But we've we've had, we're in agreement here with the first two. Mm. Um, we've got Malcolm Brogdon winning it and Christian Wood coming second. Both, yeah, similar in that you know you score a lot of points off the bench. But uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I'll, I'll say my part. It's just you're you're part of the engine that mm. um, makes this team one of the best teams in the whole entire planet and might end up winning a title. A little bit of an embarrassment of riches, and we know why Malcolm Brogdon got traded to the Celtics because there were just so many injury concerns. Mm. It was like. Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and a fucking second round pick. It's like, okay, then the league must be scared of his fucking injury history because of that. But he stayed healthy and he's just come in. He's just a grown man coming off the bench, doing what Jordan Poole quite, like, can't do this year, which is not only drill so many threes, I think he's second in the league in three point yeah. percentage. Yeah. Um, but just like, yeah, he's just a responsible point guard who just puts everyone everyone in place and it just works. Have, well, what's what's your reason for putting Brogdon at number one? Yeah, all, all of that. He just, he does he does a lot without doing too much as well. You know, they're not, they're not giving him the license to just throw shots up every time he touches the ball, which, you know, is what you see, yeah, even in recent years, like players like Jordan Clarkson, hey, Jordan Poole. <laughs> uh, you know, that's kind of been, that's kind of been their prerogative is like, get on the floor, uh, just flamethrower. We don't mind if you only hit forty three percent because, like, we just we just Bench need that. points are hard to come by. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Uh, but yeah, just like you said, it's just come on. You run the offense. You you're a really good decision maker. You're another good defender on a team that just has so many good perimeter defenders. Mm. I think he's also just looked. I, I was. He's looked better than I thought he would at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I didn't think he was completely washed or anything like that. But I was like, ah. Eh. Like, <clears throat> is he still the player that he is? And mm. he's just been completely solid. Yeah. And I think that's that's what you want from your six man more than 20 points a game. Yeah. You just want... Consistency. You know, yeah, yeah, and like sturdiness. Yeah. Someone who you can rely on, not not for production, but to not make mistakes. Um, I think this is more in the Manu Ginobili mold rather than the Lou mm. Williams mold, which is like so fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, just actual... Puts everyone in place, just sets the table for the bench. And again, bench points are hard to come by, but if you can get them from your point guard and also just from the the lesser scorers off the bench and finishes games, awesome. Yeah, and the, I mean, you know, one way in that Manu mold where it's like, okay, you are clearly, you know, in pure talent terms, you're a better player than this mm. than this role. Like, <coughs> you could be the starting point guard on a NBA team. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. maybe. Maybe the best thing for you right now and the best thing for the team right now is if you're not. The only thing is, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if uh, Brogdon, you know, if Tatum and Brown are having a crap game, I don't think Brogdon's good for 35, 40 points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but that's it, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Like, if your best player isn't going to score 30 points, you're probably going yeah, to lose the game. Yeah, it's not Brogdon's fault that he's not just like a microwave. He's going to dribble <laughs> six threes, yeah. um, which is completely fair. We've both got Chris Wood for second place here. Um, this is more in the microwave mold but it's like a little bit less as a face up centre and just a really good you know a good guy that comes in at the end of the first quarter and Luka Doncic goes oh cool it's not Dwight Powell anymore now I've just found my next three assists yeah, um, yeah. it's it's quite strange actually um, and maybe there's a little bit of depressing his market there he started 16 out of 41 games maybe there's a little bit of depressing his market because they obviously lowballed him in contract extensions and he and he declined it um, but also we know that the Mavs want cap space hitting into this yeah. region so, so well. but yeah what, why have you gone with Chris Wood at two yeah uh, he's just looked he's just looked like the player that we all thought he would be yeah. on both ends uh, 
His shooting has looked really, really good. I always, whenever he takes a three, I'm like, oh, I, I, like are you really a three-point shooter? <laughs> yeah. He always goes in. Um, and I think, I, I think just like you said, he's the player that Luca kind of relies on the most, you know? He's like, yeah. I, know, I know if I put you in the right spot, you're going to make the right decision from there. Mm. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of relying on Luka Doncic to... <laughs> Yeah. to create the space yeah, yeah, yeah. for you and throw you the perfect pass but that's it's certainly not a criticism if you if you can deal with that well I don't think he'll be coming off the bench by the end of the season yeah like, especially because Maxi Kleber's out until like day one of the playoffs yeah, or something yeah. yeah and it's just I, I just think they'll be a better team if he's if he's starting yeah I mean so Dorian Finney-Smith's come back from his injury yeah. like yesterday or the day before mm. maybe they do well so are you saying by the end of the year he won't be in contention for six man because yeah, he won't be eligible? He might just be floating around that fifty percent game started fifty percent games off the bench. Yeah. Like, Do you remember that year in twenty thirteen or fourteen when Rudy Gobert just had eclipsed Enes Kanter? Like Enes Kanter got traded to right. OKC. Yeah. Um, and because of that, Rudy Gobert only started 35 games because it was after the trade mm. deadline. But in those games, Utah had the best defense by like a long way. And it was like, oh my God, this guy is going to be a defensive player of the year. He was technically eligible for six man of the year. Right. <laughs> so it's like the little, an opposite of that effect where it's like, oh, he's in, he's eligible. It's like, oh, then he starts like one too many yeah, games. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, Look, you'd, you'd hate to uh, win six man of the year on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see it. Yeah. Um, and then third place, you've gone with Benny Math. Um, I think most of the reasons you've mentioned uh, in terms of volume scorer and for his rookie of the year case. Um, I've gone with Bones Highland. Just so, just so he's in the discussion. Just keep him in the conversation, man. Because he didn't keep him in the conversation. Keep him at the front. Keep him at the frontal lobe, you know. Um, because in our process of predictions, I predicted him six man of the year. Not because I thought he was going to get it, because I thought he'd be in the discussion. So I'm correct. Um, it's averaging 13 points a game, 3.2 assists in 20 minutes. Let me just let me get his splits. Also known as his shit. Am I right? Um, because that's that's where the money is. The fucking splits. Listen. <laughs> Listen to this. In the month of January... No, that's the wrong month. Oh, it's getting really hard to fucking... dearie me. It's getting hard. What number does it start with? Shut up. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I'll give you... I'll give you the canned version of my BMAP over Bones case. And just for for the record, out of everyone uh, in our group chat, that's, you know... Uh, four man wave plus four Marco. Wave plus Marco, myself. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the most with you on the bones in the six man of the year conversation. Put it there, but for our non Patreon listeners, we shook hands. <laughs> um, I, I actually do think it's a good call. Like, I think, I not maybe not this year. Like, looking looking at the <laughs> yeah, numbers, yeah, yeah. but like he's got the mold for it, and he's on a team where he can do it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Benny Math's numbers are just better. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just plain and simple. Yeah, Benny Math is just like he's bones Highland with bigger shoulders. Yeah, yeah, and like four inches. Yeah. Um, one thing to mention here again this is you know as soon as you get down to the third in six man of the year, it's a little bit of a shit discussion. <laughs> but the betting favorite is Russell I Westbrook. The fuck's with that? Is it He's, because he wears I, yellow and gold? Well, I mean, he is technically putting up, you know, six man of the year numbers. But I'll read them out. Yeah. Started three games. I think they were the first three. And yeah, then, and then um, he rested one, has been off the bench in every single other. Uh, he is averaging 15.7 points, 7.8 assists, 6.6 rebounds, shooting 42% from the floor, 29% from behind the arc, and 67% from the three throw how line. Many, how many turnovers? 
That's the big one, 3.6. Yeah, so. Which is the same as last year. So he's putting up similar numbers yeah, than when yeah, he was starting. Yeah, yeah. And he was in the conversation last year. I, I would be quite mad if he wins sixth man of the year on a 13th seed. Yeah, and also, like, he's just not an effective sixth man. Like, it's not like they bring Russell Westbrook on and they're like, oh, this is this is the thing we need to to keep the game going. It's like, no, you're mitigating you're mitigating your losses by having him come yeah. off the bench. And he has actually been solid like he's been fine mm. in like the last I don't know 20-25 games uh, as opposed to the first three games of the season where he actually looked like completely and utterly hopeless like mm. it was like how is now yeah, we're talking about Russell Westbrook again. <laughs> but like how how is how does this keep happening where he just keeps regressing and regressing and regressing but yeah you can't be like this role is making our team better it's just like we have 40 million dollars of Russell Westbrook and we're trying to hide it as best we can yeah and you know so it might be a good coaching decision rather than like <laughs> a good playing decision. He, and I'm sure he looks good because he's replacing Patrick Beverly. So it's yeah. like, oh, wow, you're scoring 10 more points than Patrick <laughs> Beverly. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, that's a fucking really shit roster. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, should we talk about the one other omission here? Your boy, Jordy P? Well, it's not an omission because he doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah. It's an omission <laughs> because he's not playing good basketball. Which really sucks because I think uh, you know a few people on our preseason awards... I'll get it up. Picked mm. him, um, mm. and he should be there because he got paid to do exactly that. Yeah. But uh, all right, who will be the sixth man? Uh, Dante picked Jordan Poole. You picked Brogdon. I picked Bones. Alessio picked Jordan, and Lucas picked yep. Malcolm Brogdon. It's yeah, he was he was supposed to be there, but he isn't, and it's just he looks so good when they stagger the lineups and put him with Draymond Green, where mm. Draymond Green's the initiator and Jordan Poole is playing the Steph role. Um, and I was really hoping he was going to look better with Andre Iguodala, but he played like five minutes and then just yeah. rested for the next three games, which was a little bit concerning. Um, it's it's like he's he could do it last year. He yeah. could do it. he could come off the bench and score. And this season he can't come off the bench no. and score. And what you want you wanted him to come off the bench and score and distribute and make the young guys look good. But instead of adding something, he's just taken away to yeah. something. Yeah. And when he starts, he averages like thirty points. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't something that a six man of the year should be doing in starting. <laughs> in the twenty two of forty four games that he's come off the bench, he's averaging five, two and five, which is whatever. But forty percent from the field, twenty nine percent from three, even eighty percent from the free throw line is bad for Jordan Paul. <laughs> he led he led the league last yeah, year. Yeah. It was like ninety three. Yeah, um yeah. and the crowd gets really upset when he misses them. Yeah. They're just like what are you doing all, different? All the baddies in San Francisco just <laughs> shaking their heads. Yo, nah, we got to sign that let go fund me because it's going to be some blood baddies next next bloody chase center game. <laughs> Here, Bob Myers went up to that fan in Washington and asked him to Bob come Myers, to... Bob Myers, my mate. Yeah, yeah, your mum's work friend's friend. He asked... Um, that fan in Washington come to the, the, come to Boston because oh. you know how yeah, Draymond was playing like shit. Did you watch the Washington game? No, no. Draymond was like not an NBA player, and then some fan said like you're not a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, no, I heard about this. And yeah. he just like every single backdoor pass, he threaded it like five times. It was <laughs> it was like this. You, that's literally you. Just yep. ten minutes later, do it before as well. So what do you need? Hit, you- hit two threes back to back. <laughs> you need a, what, a New England racist. You need like a an Instagram model. Yeah. Um, what yeah. does Steph need? Just his loving wife or something. Like yeah, that. probably probably the power of Christ or yeah, something. Yeah. Clay, maybe you have like a boat sitting in the sitting in the front row. Clay's something. been playing well with Annie's boat. I'm just saying. He could what be about you, dog Rocco? <laughs> Fuck, we have a laugh. 
We actually don't. That's not funny. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to Dante for the abrupt. We actually don't. Yeah. But it's it's not cool. And I know free Dawkins. I don't want to buy a Rocco shirt. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, NBA highlight got shooters out here. Um, we'll do one more and then we'll take a break. Most improved player of the year. <coughs> who have you got down as your most improved player? Um, so my first place is going to Larry Markkinen, who, I mean, I think however this season ends up, he's going to be in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to be close. <laughs> um, he just looks like the definition of an MIP for me. Mm. Uh, you know, last season, last season he played pretty well, but he played like a role on a Cavs team and it was more like, he was a victim of circumstance more than anything else it's like oh okay well we have three seven footers who like all need to start I guess we'll start all of them um, <laughs> and you know I, he just had never really looked like he lived up to his potential from that second season with Chicago mm. where there were flashes of it but it was still like alright you know you're a stretch four you're a you're a sit in the corner and we'll hit you know we'll we'll hit you with three pointers yeah um, and yeah in Utah he's just found this home where he can maximize his skill set he looks he'll probably be an all-star this season you know probably a reserve but like he looks like he'll be a perennial all-star like mm-hmm. if he's if he's on uh, if he's the best or second best player on a team like he's always going to be in that conversation yeah. and yeah just his numbers have been crazy if you watch him play and you're like I just I had no idea you could do all of this. Like, I know you could put the ball to the floor like that. Mm. Um, and yeah, Utah have just created this system where they can get a mismatch for him on every single offensive possession. And then yeah, he's had he's had the huge games. He's had he's had the you know the huge scoring games, the clutch moments. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just such a turnaround from the player from last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like that case as well, just because he's like, what, he's like twenty seven or twenty six. Mm. It's not like a guy who's just had an opportunity. He's yeah. actually like built stuff on his it's, game. It's not. I hate. I hate the third season in the league. MIP. That's yeah, my, that's my yeah. least favorite. Yes, and and the CJ McCollum where it's like, oh, you're starting all of a sudden. Yeah, you're getting yeah. like double the minutes. Yeah. Um, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, wrote an article on him, which was great, mm. breaking down how he does um, get his points. December 13th, man, we've had a Christmas I know, prank. we have had a bit of a silly season. I need to do that myself. I promised you an article before Christmas, and then Did I you? just completely abandoned it. Oh, on the pals? Yeah. I'd do it after Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I've gone with Shagulogis Alexander as my most improved player, because mm. I... I love the leaps and you'll, you'll get it as well in my second player. I love the leaps where it's like, okay, you're clearly good and you've just somehow transcended it to be like an actual difference maker who can, who can define, um, define a, like a, a championship level team or a playoff level team. Um, he's also probably going to be a first time all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, but not even just like getting scoring up from 24.5 to, to 30, like he's averaging 30 points mm-hmm. a game and it's, it's a little bit depressed because five or six people are this season. Um, but it's still a fucking accomplishment, especially yeah. for a guy on a very bad team. Um, last season, he was shooting uh, 45% from the floor, still fine. Um, now he's shooting 50, 50% from the floor. Um, he's shooting, went from 30% from three to 35% mm-hmm. from three, getting to the line like a fucking madman. Um, was taking 7.2, now he's taking just over 10. And is, is he still, he's still the best clutch player in the league as well? Yeah, yeah, there's that, which is just like a nice little tidbit yeah. to sprinkle on top. <laughs> um, and also just like, look at his fucking roster. It's like, you know, Chet Holmgren might be good, but we're not going to know for a year. Like He's going out there with Mike Muscala, mm. two of the fucking Jalen Williams. Is Lou Dort the second most player or Josh Giddy? Um, ah, probably... Probably giddy. Yeah. yeah. But it's... Logo Josh has been good, yeah. <laughs> um...
Right, sorry for the abrupt uh, break, <laughs> but we just had the fright of our day. Um, our lives, thought, I would say. Yeah, well, we thought we lost fucking 47 minutes of podcasting, but luckily Audacio's auto recover saved it for us. But I was talking about SGA and how uh, he has just he has just made, added the three-point shot, but just gave himself like found an elite skill that can warp defenses. And his paint scoring is just like something that, for the next couple of years could be like the reason why their offense ticks so well because it's just an unexplainable fucking elite skill and what did you want to add on top of that <laughs> yeah well, all i was gonna say is like we know he had this skill set in him last season uh although yeah as you pointed out his three-point shooting has gotten better he has added the paint scoring uh you know in this completely elite way um and yeah i think he's also just made he's made okc so watchable yeah. yeah, like yeah. last season, you're really scrounging for, you know, good minutes in an OKC game, despite them having Shea, who was already like at a very elite level. I think he would have been an all-star candidate if he hadn't got pulled the plug. Sorry if I already said that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's me too. <laughs> Guys are really sorry. Um, but, you know, and then, yeah, Josh Giddy, who was like having a really fun, exciting season, it was it was like, okay, but like how much good Josh Giddy are we going to see in this yeah, game? Yeah. Whereas now it's just like, yeah, OKC, so they're a... They're a 500 team, but they're a fun 500 team. Mm, you know, mm, they're, mm. Punch, they're, they're a team with room to grow, not a team that's kind of like has exhausted a 500 team that's exhausted all the avenues and is mm, stuck mm. in a rut. Um, don't answer this question because it might be its own podcast in its own. <laughs> um, but it's just a little bit interesting. Do the do OKC have enough to like actually push and win a title? Like Shea, mm. you know, is going to be an All NBA guard. How good's Chet? They they might get like the tenth pick mm. this draft. So well, but they can just tra- trade all their picks for the number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, there's that as well. Um, yeah, I I, th- I mean I think. Didn't I say don't answer the question? <laughs> oh, yes. <It's>, no, nah, <laughs> I'm gonna save that for 45 minutes with someone else. <laughs> yeah. Most improved player. I got Shea. You got Larry Marketing. Uh, who's your number two? My number two is Tyrese Halliburton. And now you've written here. And <laughs> this is this is the thing that I said that, that cursed the recording. So I'm gonna just check on it. And that's the last <laughs> comment we're gonna make on it. Uh, you've written here. I don't like the young player got more minutes, and now they're the most improved. So I'm not including Tyrese. Now he's actually playing less minutes in Indiana <laughs> than he is in Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I imagine that his usage has probably gone up, <laughs> gone up quite a bit. Uh, let's have a look. Yes, I mean yes, he's gone up from eighteen to twenty four percent. So that is that is significant. Um, but yeah, I don't think his numbers jump out in the sort of traditional most improved way. But I mean, I think we we both don't necessarily just value numbers for how we judge a lot of these awards. You know, it's mm, about like mm. impact. I think he's just had such an impact on this Indiana team, you know? He's the hub of their offense. He's a really good defender. They're like, if you look at all the teams in the East, they're the team who is ranked highest, who still has like any maneuverability. I would say mm-hmm. one through seven are all like tapped out in terms yeah. of like, all right, this is your team. This is the team that we're gonna be making a push with. Um, which, you know, for the for the Miamis and the uh, and the New Yorks and the um, and the Phillies, that's like it's a bit of a concern. Indiana are like, okay, well, we're starting to play good. We've got so many tradable pieces. With you know, we've we've got. I think they have all their picks, don't they? Like they got yeah, they yeah. got all their future draft assets. They can you know they can move up, they can move down, they can move sideways. Mm. Um, and so for him to be elevating this team, that's really like not set yet. And below yeah. them are teams that are you know like Atlanta. Um, 
even the Washington Wizards are teams that have like capped themselves out basically yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of using all their assets and they're worse than Indiana. Yeah. And I just think he's just so such a central part of their success. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's nice that they've just got a point guard for the next ten years who's yeah. gonna lead the league in assists. Legitimately. Um yeah, it's he's probably gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> well I don't like the third year player who gets more minutes, yeah. he's probably gonna win and he's probably gonna deserve it because he's improved a lot. Mm. Um I've gone with Luka Doncic as my second place most improved player. Just for the, like I said in the MVP discussion, the jump from MVP candidate to bigger MVP candidate. Mm. Like you were already one of the three best players in the world, and now you've just added four points to your game. You've added a little, uh, a little, a little. Actually, I fucking listed it. I may as well read it. <laughs> Uh, he has gone from 28.4 points to 33.8. He's upped his field goal percentage from 46 to 50%. Um, he's still got the nine assists, no re- nine rebounds, but nearly uh, nearly one less turnover a night. Um, and free throw attempts has gone up from 7.5 a night to 11.3. It's a lot of free throw attempts. Yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, this is more just a, a little bit of an edgy pick because I'm a prick. Um, but yeah, I've gone with uh, Larry Markin in third. You've got Shea Gilgis Alexander third. I think we can assume Tyrese probably going to win. Yeah, I, I think I think Larry and I think Shea will both get a lot of votes. Um, I mean, yeah, look, Luca. <laughs> I I don't like the like established star pick for this award. I think mm. it is like um, nobody to someone. Yeah, and like if you look at. Uh, I think we've discussed this in the past. If you look at like the past 15 winners, um, and I'll get it up while I make this point, uh, like 14 of the 15 were like, went from not, you know, not an all-star to an all-star, either in the season of their MIP season or the season after. Um, And I think that's sort of, you know, that's who the award award belongs to now. Ryan Anderson was the the, the, the last player, the last player to win uh, most improved and not be an all-star. Was CJ an all-star? Oh, wait, fuck, true. Wait, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe it was CJ then. (gasps) CJ then, Ryan. No, yeah, CJ, CJ, yeah, yeah. Damn, God. Trivia shame, trivia shame. I got egg on my face. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's who the award should recognize. Now, that being said, the case for Luca is so good. And yeah. the fact that he can be getting better at that level of the <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we said it in the MVP sort of discussions. The 46 to 50% field goal percentage is actually really... <laughs> like, that's somehow the most impressive bit for me. Like, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. he, he really felt like one of those guards who would like hover under 50%. It's like, no, he's probably going to be like a LeBron who like you can just guarantee is going to hit 50% of his shots Mm, on any mm. given night. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next award, coach of the year. Arguably one of the hardest awards to fucking give. And and we've gone all over the shop here. (laughs) Yeah. We we share a mic. Um, I've gone with Michael Malone for the winner. Hey, two mics, two wheels and a Joe. Just a spoiler alert. <laughs> nah, what do you? That's Michael, not huh? Mike. You can't call him Mike. I've gone with Michael. I've gone whatever I bloody like. I've gone with William Green. <laughs> um, yeah, if the Nuggets end up with the best seed in the whole entire planet, then 
there's a pretty fucking fat case there and a little bit of again rewarding the career mm-hmm. for having them just play so well during the bubble really good chemistry team a team that's just never had any issues whatsoever and everyone seems to love everyone um, and yeah Bruce Brown just comes in and they're like oh he's a backup point guard and he fucking is mm. uh, just yeah Michael Malone why have you gone with William Green I, I mean this is going to be in one way my homer pick uh, for the pod because uh, you know you got to make hay while the sun is shining sure. <laughs> you would know that wouldn't you <laughs> yeah it's been about seven years in the golden state yeah uh, <laughs> But, like, he's just picked up where he left off last year, you know? Like, we had such an incredible run at the end mm-hmm. uh, in terms of play. Um, you know, snuck into the play in really, really good playoff series. Now that Zion has come back, we are, like, we are just genuinely one of the best teams in the West. Yeah. Um, and I, But what I think is most impressive is, like, we've so many missed games from Zion and Brandon Ingram and we are still sitting third in the West just mm. just one oh well actually it would be half a game above Sacramento after that win over the Lakers today mm-hmm. um, and you know like we are we are losing games against good teams without those two uh, we got blown out by the Miami Heat today yeah. but to sort of just like maintain a team you know to have a team maintain their position in the standings without two fucking all-star level players is so impressive and yeah. like it, I think it really does come down to coaching it's not like you know he's Larry Nance isn't doing it yeah yeah, yeah. and like you know CJ's good but yeah CJ's not CJ's not scoring 40 a night to lift this team out of the doldrums yeah, like it's yeah, a real yeah. team effort yeah um, Jacques Vaughan is big up in this award and I've given him the 2022-23 not Steve Nash of the year because <laughs> I don't think they've been doing anything different other than just liking their coach I mean he's been running plays like. has he? <laughs> <laughs> um, second I've got Joe Mazzulla Mm. Um, that's royal family that he recognises Joe Mazzula I didn't want to put him on there just for that fucking stupid that might might be why I didn't put him on there <laughs> but um, yeah well, you know when you know when you're on Twitter and you'll just run across someone who's just like here's some plays from last night a thread and then it's the thread emoji all fucking Boston shit so cool mm. um, and so complicated and every single one I mean it also goes to the roster construction every single guy on that on that roster just can run a DHO mm. can run yeah, apart from um, Bob Williams can be the can be the ball handler or the screener um, obviously Malcolm Brogdon coming in just being like a, st- a steady hand off the bench helps a mm. lot just a lot of grown ups there and Joe Mazzulla's just picked up right where Ime, Ime Odoka left off mm. yeah yeah I, th- I think that's a good pick um uh, but there is a bit of he picked up where Ime Adoka left off. Yeah, you know? like this was a good team. Enough. They're not playing like a completely different brand of basketball. Yeah. Maybe they are such a good X's and O team because they have like you know they had had an assistant coach for their head coach last season. Yeah. And now they've got like an assistant's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of nerds taking <laughs> yeah, over the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I think there's a lot of just carrying over what Ime was doing last season. Fair enough. I'll uh, fucking cop that. <laughs> Who's your second? My my second pick uh, is uh, Mike Brown, uh, formerly of the Golden State Warriors, and now the Sacramento. Oh, Kings. the Beam team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you don't even have to talk about how he's coached. He has just turned the league's <laughs> basket case into a playoff team, and yeah. like I feel pretty confident saying this, they're, they're going to be the five seed 
this year. Yeah, you, know? you feel confident I, I saying feel that? Very confident. Look at the that. fucking seedings. I, <laughs> I don't think you should because they're like, yeah, they're fourth right now, but they're like a game above eight or whatever. But they just don't. They just look like they're they're just winning big games. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're winning big games. They're winning small games, which is well, they're know. on a six game win streak at the moment. Yeah. they beat the Lakers yeah. today, and like uh, the Ox and the Fox. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, they're really getting their flowers now as well. Like, uh, <laughs> unless you used to say it as a joke, and now you're giving him flowers. I'm seriously, saying it. Um, you know, like he's he's looked at a roster that maybe isn't. When when he was hired, I was almost like, all right, is this like a Stan Van Gundy to the Pelicans yeah. thing? Where it's like, okay, you're hiring like the oh, guy man. who was the defensive coach on a really really good defensive team mm. that had a lot of good defenders mm. and you're putting him on a team that has such bad defense mm. and they do they're I think fifth worst defense in the NBA yeah. but he's obviously just so much more well rounded than that and yeah. yeah they're the third best offensive team in the league as they should be as they should be with the roster they have with like you know uh, but he was a defensive hire yeah, yeah, but you know when when Stampan Gundy came into the Pels, it was like, all right, well, your coaching style isn't going to work because you don't have the like hard nosed personalities. You don't have like yeah. this plethora of good defenders that you need. Yeah, um, you know, like the where he really thrived was in you know in Orlando with Dwight Howard, one of mm. the best defensive centers of his generation. Yeah, yeah, um, and in in Detroit where you know like that's bloody the, the the motor motor city or whatever they call it, you know? um <laughs> car, they call it car world yeah car world i believe that's what they call <laughs> um but yeah he like understands the strengths and weaknesses of this team and you know i think really is just maximizing every player like mm. fox is playing best basketball of his career sabonis is playing best basketball of his career kevin herder kevin herder like just has i think he just has so much more to unlock in his game as well yeah. like he was just not getting to explore in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Like, yeah, he's got a massive green light before it was like, hold on, wait till Trey's yeah. dribbled it for 14 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you catch and shoot. And now, yeah. like, he's doing nice stuff off the dribble. Mm. Like, his off-ball movement's really good. He's really solid passer as well. Like, if if he's sort of like your third best playmaker on the floor and the other two are De'Aaron Fox and Demetrius Sabonis, like, mm. you're in really, really good hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think... I think Mike Brown just deserves a lot of credit for sort of recognizing that yeah. in, in all of those players. I, I've given Mike Brown my third place yeah. vote um, for the thing you said first, which was just like, <laughs> how the fuck are the Kings a playoff team? Like, at, <laughs> at some point, you just have to recognize, like, you're a good coach. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a good coach in a long yeah. time. Who's your third place vote? I got Will Hardy. And it, it's, just, it's just a fun pick, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a hard award. It is. And I think, like, again, similar as what I was saying earlier in the pod, Will Hardy is not going to be in the coach of the year conversation when we yeah, get around. Yeah, once they start tanking. Yeah, but uh, he deserves credit for their incredible start. And also just like, you know, a roster that when you just looked at it on paper at the beginning of the year before you'd seen anyone play together, you're like, this is weird. Mm. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. Mm. And now you watch him and you're like, oh, he's getting, you know, similar to what I was saying about Sacramento. He's getting something out of every player there. Like, mm. uh, you know, he's... He knows what all those guards and wings uh, strengths and weaknesses are. He, all of the bigs he have are so like 
top and bottom heavy you know like Vando amazing defender yeah. cannot yeah. cannot put the ball in the basket yeah. uh, Walker Kessler like we said uh, you know just a real defensive linchpin Larry Markadon cannot defend yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's got very one dimensional yeah. players Kelly Olynyk, like you know he can uh, shoot he, he can shoot but then he's having him like just crash the boards on every offensive possession mm. as well which is like okay he's not like a great rebounder (laughs) and he's not very athletic but he is seven foot and really really strong so like if you just sort of throw him at the other team Mm, you're going to get something out of him and maybe you don't want him defending in transition (laughs) yeah yeah, that might be part of it as well Uh, let's move on to executive of the year Um, I've gone with Kobe Altman um, for just adding a lot of depth pieces they signed Raul Neto Ricky Rubio and Robin Lopez which might not seem like much but I think that's the reason why they missed the playoffs last season and while just like bolstering the rest of the roster just right before the season started they just made a massive trade yeah. for a dude who I mean you said it should be you know in the top seven of the MVP <laughs> yeah. favor, right? whatever the number is um, they traded for Donovan Mitchell uh, it's worked out so Kobe Altman number one who's your number one well I'll, I'll just quickly say Kobe Altman number two and I think this is also a bit of just how well he's done over the last four years you know? uh, like, enough for me don't you, you don't think so I think the oh yeah you're a just drafted you don't get uh, praise for drafting the best guy in every draft yeah that that and like they're Houston was stupid not to keep Jared Allen and they snuck in but that's also good Kobe Altman I think they made the absolute wrong decision trading for Karis LeVert and mm. the, the, the fact that he's in trade rumors now probably confirms that gave up a pick which they didn't actually give up they just drafted a dude and then traded him to Utah because mm. it wasn't because it was a lottery pick um, Isaac Okoro wasn't the right guy yeah that's fair actually there Colin Sexton Colin Sexton wasn't the right guy um, Colin Sexton I think you know I think you had to take the flyer there you know, like. Yeah, and also just not trading the Colin Sexton pick when you had LeBron James. Yeah. There was like an offer for Paul George. Yeah, but this season, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this season, fucking yeah, good on you. Well, how about how about this? This season, he's sort of he he may have fumbled he may have fumbled his long term plan, but this season he's executed it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it, he's made some good moves and bad moves. He's drafted some good players, and this season he's been like, all right, what did I do? Okay, what's missing here? It's, yeah, Ramato, yeah. Robin Lopez. Well, oh, we, we, we didn't even know that they were in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes yeah. until 24 hours before. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that, that actually does work. Yeah, yeah <laughs> And it's it's fit perfectly. Um, but why have you gone Danny Ainge, number one? I got Danny Ainge just because he just got such a good haul. Such a good haul for his two superstars who, like... Aren't that good. Yeah, and, like, also their stock wasn't that great coming out of that season. Like... Yeah. You know, Rudy Gobert, I mean, whatever you, whatever you say about him, I've had a lot to say about him. <laughs> like, there are issues with him being on your team when you get to the playoffs. Mm. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, like, he, you know, he had a fine season, but there was also like, okay, what's what's he like at the end of games? What's his character? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I think that was just purely the, like, awful atmosphere that was uh, in Utah. Yeah. Um, and so you got an amazing haul from that. More than that, I think he's just like, maximized every single asset he got in that trade you know he's got every single player uh that he traded for that kind of felt you know in those big trades you forget who those guys are you know mm. you're like Larry Markin he's just selling Larry Markin is the best player in his yeah, team like he's yeah. gonna make the all-star team over Rudy yeah, Gobert yeah. uh for example then even things like yeah moving Pat Bev for um Talon Horton Tucker and who, yeah. was, who was the other piece in there 
and it's like okay THT's Stanley ha- Johnson you got one yeah, yeah 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 I mean waving Stanley Johnson genius move <laughs> <laughs> but you know THT's just having like a sneaky okay season in a, like a, a very deep roster where he doesn't have to do much but like mm. just looks so much better than he looked in LA mm. um, and you just see that with every single player on this roster the, now the thing is he can just <laughs> fall off this perch if he doesn't pull the trigger and put them into tank mode yeah yeah like if you if you make all these good moves you get all these players playing well you get teams interested you know like Malik Beasley's gonna go somewhere yeah 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 yeah, yeah, command some sort of good trade yeah Uh, if you wanted to trade Jordan Clarkson like you could definitely get a first if not more for him Mm. Now you need to do it yeah like 41 games is into the season you've won 20 fucking Houston's won 10 yeah You've yeah. got some ground to make yeah, up. Exactly yeah, exactly right. Like maybe, maybe you're not even in the French kid sweepstakes, but like this isn't the team you're going forward. With. Yeah, yeah, this, so, yeah. This isn't. Yeah, that's that's 100. I've put Danny Ange second for that reason. Yeah. Um, because I think it was pretty clear that the goal was to tank, and I think he's failed at doing that goal. He's done a great job at selling super, super high on the two guys he had. Um, and also just being able to bluff the whole market being like yeah we traded Rudy Gobert for a massive haul but we're happy keeping Donovan Mitchell and yeah. then you turn around and get four first round picks plus the dude that was just drafted it's like okay you you did a good job there um, but I think he has failed at mm. like trying to like if you're if you're grading him towards taking steps towards becoming a championship contender took a massive step forward but then not being able to act fast yeah. enough took a little bit of a step back yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, it's I definitely. Could, I could back. still put him one though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who have you done for three? Uh, I got Calvin Booth uh, of the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um, Just put a perfect roster around Denver. Yeah, look, man. Like you, you can say you can say you're at five hundred for re-signing Jokic, but you still did it. <laughs> um, yeah, as you were saying when you were talking about Mike Malone, uh, Mike, Michael Malone. Sorry. How uh, dare? Brucey Brown. <laughs> Brusa Brown uh, is just like such a good fit and then the KCP trade which I mean I think it is a trade that has worked out for both parties but like KCP is just contributing so much more it's just a championship player yeah yeah. Mm. Um, and he is also just like the perfect running mate for Jokic you know like it's so hot good perimeter defender spot up three point shooter like will do what he's told like, mm, um, mm, mm. so shoot 48% from three yeah and then also I think like we were talking I think we talked about it on opening night like you know the the cronkies the crankies <laughs> uh, you know were there them letting go of um, of Tim Connolly was that like the money thing yeah was that we're not willing to spend on this team to win a championship uh, and like that I guess the the jury's still out on that, but you know Calvin Booth has still made championship moves. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like he's made moves to make this team better. It's not like he's been selling or anything like. That. Yeah, he's also still in a position to dodge the tax. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. judge it by yeah, the yeah. end of the season. Well, you know, if they if they win the championship and they dodge the tax, oh my bloody god! But 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 yeah, it'd be so fucked because then <laughs> every single other owner is going to be like, oh, it's possible. Yeah. Anyway, let's just get rid of everything. Yeah. Um, then the league's terrible. That's also that's also fucking such a downside for um, the Cronkies because they just hire such good people. They had Masai Ujiri. They didn't want to pay him. He went to Toronto. Okay, cool. Here's Tim Connolly. Oh, he's the best GM in the league. Oh, you want to pay him? Okay, we'll just hire his replacement. Mm. Oh, he put together a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So who's going to come knocking on Calvin Booth's store in two years? Yeah, right? yeah. And then the next dude is just going to be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my third place is also Calvin Booth. I wrote Joe Cronin because, again, I was being a prick. Um, <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, yeah, the Jeremy Grant trade worked out so well. They traded, <coughs> what, the 25th pick. And then I fucking checked the standings and they're three games under 500. You, you were right. They made good moves. <laughs> like, yeah. The team's not a good fucked. Team. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Gary Payton too. He played basketball yeah. the other day. Uh, Shaden Sharp. So telling me. Uh, whatever. Um, He'll be in the dunk contest though. Oh, okay. So my third is... Actually, my first. They, they, they re-signed Nurk and Anf, but that seemed sort of fait accompli once uh, Joe Cronin took over yeah, and just yeah. said, yeah, we want you to rest because we're going to tank, but you're going to get paid the second free agency opens. Mm. Actually, the second that Jalen Brunson gets fucking paid because it's like, oh, we're allowed to report these six hours earlier. All right. We have two funny awards and we're almost done. If you're listening, thank you for still listening. Yeah. Um, who is your not executive of the year? <laughs> I got Tim Connolly first, mm. and I am my tongue is a little bit my cheek putting him first because you know it's hard to judge with the injuries and yeah yeah yeah. But um, look, <laughs> the situation in Mini is just not good at all. No, like, <laughs> he has put so many assets into Rudy, and you could argue Cat as well. There's mm. a lot of money on the table for Cat, uh, and. Yet they they I feel I feel quite confident in saying they literally look better with neither of them in the lineup. Like <laughs> as, as Raid looks pretty good. Yeah, well, but as in that like maximizes you know the best player on the team, Anthony Edwards' potential, or yeah. the you know the player with the most potential. Yeah. Uh, you know, even I was watching a bit of the game against the Nuggets today, and Jaden McDaniels is so so good. Like defensively, I think he had a possession where he he blocked Jamal Murray, got the rebound. Pass it off, relocate to the corner, hit a three-pointer in Jamal Murray's face. Yeah. And it was like, okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not about Jamal Murray in the situation, <laughs> but, like, it is this guy who can do it on both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is, you know, empowered by, like, the floor being spaced out and is empowered by being, like, the help side room protector. Mm. Like, where's the spot for him when Kat and Rudy are both on the court? Mm. Let alone even one of them. Mm. Like, mm. does does his, def- does his defense get optimized... Uh, next to Rudy does his offense get optimized next to Cat maybe yeah. not so I mean that's just one example uh, and then yeah a lot of the plays that made Mini good last year like Jared Vanderbilt trade them away yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. like you kind of you got uh, the subtraction by addition here and then there's also like you kind of took away the backbone of this yeah this kind of nice scrappy team yeah everyone liked mini before all the role players last year yeah like that was kind of the appeal um yeah i've got tim Connolly third uh and it's like let's just say in a parallel universe where they don't make the rudy gobert trade they still have Jaden mcdaniels Mm. obviously they do but they still they they would have just kept walker kessler who Mm. we know is just a fine defensive center and then you put either of them next to Cat and go, oh, how does Cat look next to a seven-footer who can just put his arms up? Oh, that's interesting. How does Cat look next to a defensive four who's mm. like Paul Millsap with no jump shot? Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a bigger sample size. Maybe Cat's not the guy because we're shit both times. Yeah. Or maybe Cat's better with Walker Kessler. Okay, he's better with Walker Kessler. Let's trade for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And because they just invested so much in Rudy Gobert to start, and obviously Lucas did that video for the Deep 2 film room on YouTube, you can still check it out, but <laughs> it's. We would love to know more, but the injury to Cat just makes it a little bit difficult, and that injury is going to go on for so long yeah. because it's like he had a strained, a strained something, yeah. strained something in his knee. That's just like you don't want to fuck around with that. So it was six weeks, but it's like maybe two weeks ramp up, and yeah. it looks pretty bad. <laughs> um, my my first place is Travis Schlank because that's the Atlanta Hawks' mm-hmm. former lead decision maker. Technicalities, because- you love him. 
Yeah, if you're not the executive of the year, you probably get fired. <laughs> and he he wasn't fired, but he was demoted. And I, I doubt he wants to stay around for too long. And when did he get demoted? Late December. It did it? Yeah, it, it was. was. Yeah, it, yeah. It late. Well, <laughs> so actually, it was late December because because only some some new stuff came out in the past couple of days, <coughs> which made me think it was much more recent. But it is it is late December? Um, he got demoted because uh, oh, his name escapes me. The Atlanta Hawks owner. Oh, Atlanta. yeah, sorry. I'm not, I'm not your man. <laughs> oh, you're on a keyboard. I'm on a... Anthony Ressler? Yeah, Anthony Ressler. It's funny, but his wife comes up first. Jamie Gertz. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the wrestler. He's son something wrestler, I assume. Um, actually, had like a bit, was getting like more and more of a sway in that front mm-hmm. office. Um and apparently this is all like coming out after the fact but Travis Link wasn't happy with the DeJounte Murray trade but it was Anthony Wrestler's son who actually wanted it to happen a little bit more so a little bit yeah so I don't actually think Travis Link is the non-executive of the year but he's not the executive anymore (laughs) yeah but it doesn't look good that he's been fired Landry Fields is now the lead decision maker but you gotta imagine he stays numbered if the son's Mm -hmm. coming up through the through the front office for what it's worth um Lakeb's son, Joe Lakeb's son, is also mm. an assistant GM right. with the Golden State Warriors. Right. And they won a title last year. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Travis Lang, just, I, I don't, I th- I was talking myself into the DeJounte Murray trade in the offseason. It's just like a solid, it's just a solid C. Like, it's like awesome. <laughs> you, you have a backup point guard now behind Trey, but Trey's also not playing well. How much can we blame that on? Uh, it's the second time he's trying to get get a coach fired, and then now Nate McMillan's like, "Oh, I'm just going to retire. Don't fire me. I'm going to retire at the end of the year. Let's just like keep doing it." You haven't traded John Collins. You fucking signed him to that contract. To um, what's the what's the what's the hunter? Um, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. He just hasn't panned out. Yeah. Onyeka Okongwu, I thought, was going to be a lot better than he is, but he just might be a backup center. Yeah. Him and Capella are like 0.75 centers each at yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like one of them's got the potential to be 0.75. Yeah. And the other one's 0.76. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. by regression as well. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them in our next yeah. fucking... <laughs> our next topic, most disappointing team of the year. <laughs> um, any words on Travis Schlank or is it, are we getting late in the I, eve? I think, I think you said it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two pick, I had Rob Polinka. Um, and I, again, it's probably a bit harsh, but it's just like you just you just gotta you just gotta pull the trigger and help LeBron James all these on your basketball uh, I, team. I was, I was gonna put him there as well because it's like okay, you, I understand you can only sign fucking minimums and Thomas Bryant's of the world, but you have to trade those yeah, picks. Exactly right. So I, shit that if imagine if they actually don't, because all the reports the last three weeks have been they're waiting for the right trade. If it's the wrong trade, just do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it's getting... The reports aren't getting solid enough, quick enough as the trade deadline mm, approaches. Mm. Like, I, I'm sure something will happen, but like, is it going to be better than Buddy Heald and Miles Turner? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, is AD going to be playing the four again? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I actually thought like, you know, in the last three years, these might be some of the better free agency signs they made but that's not like a glowing yeah, yeah. that's not glowing praise of Rob Polinka like okay like Lonnie Walker isn't terrible Thomas <laughs> Thomas Bryant has actually been okay fine, yeah, as yeah. the five next yeah. to LeBron at the when, four when you and Gabriel is your backup yeah I mean look 
any Wenger Gabriel player's house money. <laughs> um, he's been getting some actually really sick blocks, but yeah, like that's not gonna that's not gonna get you another championship. No, no, so. this yeah, it's such a trade. Wow, it's so shit. Yeah, my second is Tommy Shepard. Um, I actually I was actually gonna say you should talk about it, but you put him third, so mm. I fucking I should talk about it. <laughs> Just they 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 gave away a championship player in Contavious Caldwell Pope, and I'm just I'm just I was trying to think about who's a not executive of the year, and I thought about that trade, and I thought about this and that, and I was like, oh, you full signed Bradley Beal to fifty million dollars a year with a no trade clause. <laughs> the reason he's not in any trade talks right now is because he could just say no. Yeah. Oh, why why have you put him third? Not yeah, second? same reason, and it's like it's not just that you sign. Okay, Bradley Beal, he's your best player, he's a generational player, whatever you want to fucking say about him. <laughs> but like, not only did you sign him to one of is, is it the most expensive contract in the yeah, league? Yeah, it's yeah, the most it expensive is. first. It was Jokic for like forty eight hours. <laughs> um, but you did it when your team was already like so up against your like you know your asset mm-hmm. use. Like you've you've already got uh, you got Porzingis on a buttload of money who like nobody really wants if you're like the fit isn't working. Carl Kuzma is really good, but like he just requested a trade. Yeah, he wants to leave <laughs> and said he's not going to resign. You have this log jam. Uh, at the small forward position. No, 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 they've got a log jam at poor shooting but volume <laughs> yeah, shooting yeah. forwards. But, but like, if we want to go back to the beginning of the season, you got a long jam at the small forward position and you trade all your best small forward yeah. in Contavious Caldwell. Well, yeah, both, yeah. you know? Like, I, I get, I do get the trade because I think Monty Morris has been like a really nice fit next to Bradley Beal. But like, it's, he is a backup. It, yeah. It's not getting you any further than yeah. where they are at the moment. And Sean, you're so right. He hits every single jump shot he <laughs> takes. But he just doesn't take them from behind the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He keeps taking them, but they're very close. Yeah, yeah. they're um, quite deep twos, actually. Um, but, you know, like that's as much praise as I've got for that trade. Because, yeah, like you said, you trade away a good player and then you lose all good- goodwill you've generated off that by signing Bradley Beal at $50 million yeah. and an immovable $50 million as well. Yeah. So but, look where the Wizards are. Like they're not, they're far down in the East and there's just like, there's no real hope of them improving this season. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I, I was optimistic about the Bradley Beal trade. I was like, oh yeah, maybe like he actually wants to be there and he can actually be good. But when he's not injured, he's been bad. Yeah. It's like 18 points a game. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you're a thirty point per game scorer, it's like okay, maybe there's something to work with here. But you're thirty one or yeah. whatever. Yeah, just depressing. Very Speaking depressing. of depressing, our final topic. Uh, let's do the most disappointing team of the year. We've both got the Atlanta <laughs> Hawks. Let me just list some things. Trey is supposed to be a mini Luca, as in the heliocentrism, but he's also supposed to be the best three-point shooter in the league, and he's not. Uh, DeJounte Murray is a tricky fit at the best of the times, but also I don't know whether the juice is worth the squeeze because I think he is just an average point guard um, who's got a cool name. Uh, none of the draft picks have worked out that we've talked about. Cam Reddish is obviously about to get traded to his third team. Nate McMillan is retiring or getting fired. It's just a sad race to see what happens there. Um, and that's all the points I've written down. Why do you? Why are you just miserable about the Atlanta yeah, Hawks? The, I, 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 I wanted to be so positive about that trade when it happened because I liked Dejounte DeJount, Murray, you know, and I was like, oh, cool, put two guys who can average ten assists each on the same team. They'll work something out, surely. <laughs> yeah. They just haven't. They they just haven't. Like, their offense, it's like the numbers say a lot, but also, like, just watching them is so dreadful. Mm. Like, you, you you just... I can't think of a good 
single good offensive player this year where Trey Young and DeJounte Murray both touch the ball. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, it yeah. just doesn't happen. Um, Trey isn't this like amazing off ball, you know, mm. threat that we thought he could be. He's shooting like, what is he, 31% from three or something like that. It's atrocious. Yeah. Um, they should, with those guys on the team, they should be like top five in assists or something. Uh, and they're 21st. Like they're just not moving the ball mm. for a team that like, you know, say what you want about Trey. Like he is, he loves gobbling up shots, but he also does love setting his teammates up, and he's just not doing that. Yeah, assist, yeah. Like in a meaningful way. I also feel bad for Bogdan Bogdanovic because he's mm. the only one on the team who's actually trying. Yeah. Like he's actually like really trying to move the ball. I would love to see him in like just a better situation where yeah. it's like, oh, this is called a pass, and sometimes you receive him, and sometimes if you give him, you might receive it back <laughs> on the same possession. He just that he's, is just the most foreign concept to Trey Young he has no idea what that means Um, second I've got Miami Heat and then third Golden State Warriors what do you got second or third I got Los Angeles Clippers and Minnesota Timberwolves Um, street clothes Leonard and street clothes George I was so hot on the Clippers coming in just because I was like look look, Paul George and Kawhi they're injured you still got like three of the league's best 40 wings on the team and they just don't yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> Terrence Mintz is not that fun yeah Norman Powell way too up the six man of the year odds for yeah yeah ones. yeah like, for someone who like didn't make a shot for him. yeah um, Miami Heat I just they're just depressing to watch if they're not the number one seed and just playing like perfectly executed basketball it's like oh this is kind of you guys are old and yeah. Tyler Hero and Bam are going to be there for the next seven years but it's like it's no, not fun. And yeah, not fun to watch either, yeah. Not fun at all. Um and you don't Haslam, every time he comes on fucking TV and Doris Burke talks about him, I get so frustrated. <laughs> My blood boils. Just pull an Nate McMillan and get yeah. fired or retired. Yeah. But Golden State Warriors have been disappointing for obvious reasons. Um the young guys were supposed to step up. They didn't breaking news. No. Um Jordan Poole's having just like a very bad season as we talked about. We were missing Andrew Wiggins for a long time, which really just hurt our depth and then I mean, I think I love Anthony Lamb as much as the next person, but I don't want to watch That's him play basketball. Yeah, it's just we. It is a championship hangover. Plus, we just don't have as good a roster. There's no Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton and and Damian Lee, who are just consistent replacement level players. Yeah, which really hurts because Steph Curry's playing at MVP level and Draymond's at a DPOY level. We didn't even mention him in that we chat. We actually did not mention him, and I think it's just because you know. If you're not playing on a league best defense, then yeah, like it's, yeah, it's hard, hard to recognize. Very, it, yeah. yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Minnesota? Have we, already yeah, kicked, have I, we kicked them three look, times? <laughs> <laughs> I've said most of it, but uh, I thought at the very least that this team would be a regular season juggernaut. You know, Me too. I predicted them for nearly least. 60 wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said Rudy Gobert just makes you a great defense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, and I, I was excited to see how it would work. Like, even if it was just immediately obvious that it wouldn't work in the playoffs, which is, that was my prediction is like first three games, they'll look great and mm. you'll see exactly why it won't work in the playoffs. Mm. And that, and it never eventuated. Like we haven't seen, we haven't seen good Timberwolves basketball this year. Yeah. I don't know what their best case scenario is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all the awards and some, um, Marco, thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast. It has been an absolute treat. It's been my pleasure. Sean. <laughs> I've had the time of my life. Not only despite that one snafu. Yeah. Not only did you ask me, um, what number does it start with? You also gave me some Greek mythology. <laughs> I had actually completely forgot about the snafu. Yeah, we talked for 47 minutes yeah. and it almost got deleted. Yeah. 
And then we've added another 38 on top of that. Fuck. Cop that. That's, podcast world. That's, that's why we had a virgin Jaeger bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll speak to you probably in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. If you look for PointsBet's stock exchange listing, you'll find a bucket of jargon and doublespeak as they're considered a, quote, wagering services operator, unquote. That's a corporate stretch for the colloquial friendly brogan or, hey, look, it's Chris Bosch kind of image they're sending off with their targeted advertising. I don't know about you, but take me back to the days when former pro sports players signed brand deals with hair loss clinics or Fujitsu aircons, not, quote, wagering service providers. If you're scrolling through your Facebook feed and you come across the two of our faces morphed into one, would that make you listen to our podcast more? I mean, if it does, let us know and we'll start doing it. But when I see a few NBA players' faces morphed into one, it doesn't make me want to pull out my wallet and donate some money to my local wagering services provider. The worst part is we're coming to accept it. Gambling ads are, sorry, wagering service provider ads are so ingrained in our sports and the way sports is delivered to us, it's almost impossible to avoid. Three quarters of Australian children aged between 8 and 16 years who watch sport think that betting on sport is normal and can name more than well, one or more sport betting companies. When I was in school, I was struggling to remember Pokemon names and I'd be furious if I knew that brain power was being used to put towards wagering service providers and not them. The wagering service providers know exactly who to target. It's not okay to let them ingrain themselves in young Australians' minds. It's not okay to target people in the middle of a pandemic, and it's not okay for gambling companies to wield so much influence in the world of sports. To help kick gambling out of sport, use your voice and sign the petition at www.ngamblingads.org.au forward slash petition.